Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This call is being recorded. This call, in fact, is being recorded. This is your SteelerFury.com podcast. Uh, I am your host, Will Massasak. AKA apparently will nutsack <laughs> and B2B Bradshaw to Ben uh, bringing you uh, another edition of the uh, ninth uh, season of Steeler Fury podcast. And with me uh, as always, uh, my cohorts, I can't go anywhere without, even though when I go Christmas shopping at the mall uh, first with us is the survivor steel perch. He's with us. How are you, sir? Recorded live. <laughs> are you actually a recording? So you're just going to say the same I thing may, you said last time. I may last be. <laughs> and uh, also with us uh, from the great state of South Carolina, uh, with his uh, probably yeah, – dip. do you have a dip cup and a koozie for your dip cup? Uh, this is FC. <laughs> I have a, uh, a spit bottle that uh, everybody knows is my spit bottle. And I do not have a koozie. No, I do not. <laughs> I see, just I as well. I have koozies in my house, you fucker, but no, I'm not using a koozie. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's mandatory if you live in the South to have yes. a koozie or something. Um, they sell, perch, they sell koozies. Maybe they sell them at Sheets, for all I know. Yes, they, they do. Don't, they don't tell them where I am. Um, so, uh, Perch, you get the floor first because uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a rather uh, Steelers-type uh, off-season with the you know, the annual suspensions and a couple of injury problems. Um, I, I sort of feel like maybe they're getting the injuries out of the way early this year. Uh, what's your take on the Steelers offseason to this point? Yeah, I, I don't think injuries quite work that way. You know, it's it's uh, sucks anytime you start a season, you've already got them. Um, you know, it's the, the offseason was pretty Steeler-like, a couple of oddball moves. I mean, they went out and got a rare free agent signing, and then, uh, like you said, bad luck with Ladarius Green and his health, and Lord knows when he's coming back. And, you know, the suspensions of uh, Bryant and Bell. And uh, the, the, the neat thing is you look at the schedule, and the first eight games set up pretty well. You know, and if they can come out of that 5-3 and three or 6-2 and two and potentially get Dupree back and Golson back, Bell would be back at that point. And uh, who am I forgetting here? Um, Green. Yeah, Ladarius Green. I mean, they could be a whole different – team to a whole different level in the second half of the year and it you know it's I think they're set up pretty well I think they're able and capable and deep enough to weather the storm it's just you look at a couple position groupings like cornerback boy if William Gay or somebody like that got hurt you get real thin real quick so uh, you know cross your fan same thing with offensive tackle look how they look so strong with Gerald Hawkins it was going to be their fourth offensive tackle and now with uh him gone for the year and, and uh, Gilbert, you know, nursing his shoulder injury. Uh, you, you just, you don't know what's going to happen with any more injuries piling up on what they've already got. I, I blame you perch last year was the year of the injury for you too. So you don't get off unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> FC cornerback uh, group might be thin 
but they seem to at least have a few good players. I mean, maybe better off than they were last year. Talent-wise, I would agree with that. I mean, potential and talent, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I like William Gay. You know what you're getting. Um, I believe Perch was the stage fella when everybody was losing their mind about uh, – uh, about us signing Justin Gilbert and trading for him. Um, I, 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 I completely agree with, you know, what he reminded everybody. You know, you're talking about kid with almost 33-inch long arms, kid that ran almost a 4-3. You know, there's talent there. It's just uh, it didn't work out for him in Cleveland. And, you know, maybe a change of scenery will help. Uh, Ross Cockrell's Ross Cockrell. He's a smart kid. He's somewhat limited athletically, but uh, he has he the defense completely down. He's able to process information pretty quickly. Artie Burns, you know, uh, time will tell. We didn't see enough of him in the preseason. What we seen wasn't bad, wasn't great, great, but it was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't, you know, appalled by anything. Uh, I think our back end is Robert Golden concerns me. We have question marks. We have question marks, but we have a great offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like uh, you know the, uh, the the political campaign. It's like uh, we don't really have anything good to say, but how about that other guy? It's terrible. You know, the uh, we sort of have a uh, you know we, we can try to come up with something great to say about the defense, but um, ultimately it's kind of like um, yeah, blah 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 defense. How about that offense? Hayward, um, Hargrave, to it, Moch, Zier, Timmons. Jarvis Jones, Debo, Vince Williams, Ricardo Matthews, or will make this defensive backfield look really good or really bad. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't think our, our DBs are necessarily the best in the NFL, but I think they can be with a pass rush. I think they can look pretty good. No, it it all has to work together, obviously. Um, right. Uh, or else it doesn't work at all, basically. But I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to say I'm not. I'm not optimistic about their edge guys. Haven't been for the whole off season, especially now with with the fact that you know you're not going to have Dupree for at least a third of the season. Uh, but uh, you know, do you think there's any chance that because of the addition of Hargrave and the advanced you know advancement of Tuit in his career, that uh, they can make up for that ex- losing the edge pressure a little bit by having a lot more interior pressure? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think people, especially Steelers fans, are short-selling Jarvis and Moats. Listen, we know they're not the most gifted athletic guys, but those guys got motors, man. They run from the beginning of the play to the end of the play. They hustle. They don't give up. They're going to, you know, with the defensive line, it's going to be collapsing the pocket more than we've seen. I mean, this is going to be an outstanding defensive front, and it's got some depth to it with the with the guys you just mentioned. Um, you know, with Hargraves coming on, he's going to be starting. Even Ricardo Matthews, we saw what he could do in the preseason. Quarterbacks can get flushed out of the pocket. If you got guys that are running and got motors and hustle and work hard uh, the way that uh, Jervis and, and Motes do, I think they're going to surprise people. I think they're going to be a lot more effective. And you've still got James Harrison, who's, you know, going to be playing in who knows what capacity, if it's more starter snaps or just a, a three-man rotation with those two guys. I think the defense is going to be – the front seven is a lot better than, than I think we're giving them credit for. Uh, so, yeah, they're not going to have a, an edge guy who's going to beat an offensive tackle ten times a year to get sacks. 
they're going to create pressure and, and they're going to create havoc and, and you know what happens from there. Yeah, well, it's funny to hear somebody on the show more optimistic than I am about anything on the team. Good for you, Perch. Uh, you know, I, I'm inclined to say you're probably going to see Harrison again. With la- Last year he had the most snaps of all four with 55% of the snaps, and I feel like that's probably not going to change a whole lot, sounds like, with this rotation. Uh, maybe even, you know, seeing him uh, still get more snaps than uh, than Emotes or, or – uh, or Jarvis Jones, unless, you know, maybe something happens to Jarvis Jones and he turns out to be, uh, have his Jason Worlds contract year uh, where, you know, suddenly he looks like an elite player. Uh, but not, we're not going to know that until we see him a little bit. I guess, FC, this this week's matchup is a is a pretty good one for our outside linebackers. The Redskins' tackles are not the worst. They're not. I mean, uh, everybody panics. Every, I mean, it's... I'm a little bit in panic mode. I'm as guilty as anybody. But, I mean, the first game will tell the story. I mean, uh, I, I I agree with Perch that uh, our, the, the defensive line is improved. Um, uh, Javon Hargrave could have a pretty, pretty monster game. First, you know, opening week of the season. I mean, uh, Washington is a decent team, but they have holes, and I don't think that Corey Lichtensteiger is a very good center, and Hargrave should have a favorable matchup. So, yeah, I just wonder that you know those. That's the, to me the strength of the Washington offensive line of those outside guys. So maybe that's a good thing because your interior guys will will wreak a little bit more havoc. I think that I think Morgan Moses could struggle a little bit with uh, with our outside pass rusher. He's a little bit stiff. I mean, he's talented. He's long. He's athletic. He might. I mean, but he he struggles with speed off the edge. And uh, a big knock on Kirk Cousins is uh, he's raw, raw, but he's not super smart. He won't vary the snap count. Um, and if I completely agree with Perch. Uh, whenever he mentioned Jarvis Jones and Arthur Moots Motors, uh, if they can start guessing the snap count, they can they, they can bring problems for an older, still athletic, still nasty, mean as fuck Trent Williams, who uh, is one of my favorite players in the NFL for punching Richard Sherman right in the face, um, and Morgan Moses. I hate Richard Sherman. Still despise him. That's funny. Well, uh, good test. I mean. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to take. It's hard to think of the Redskins as being a really serious threat to to beat a Steelers team, but uh, they have enough tools to do it, right? Right. Yeah, they do. That's what I'm saying. They, the difference is not that great. They have speed outside and Deshaun jo- Deshaun Jackson. Who knows what John Dotson's going to b- bring? But he was very dynamic in college. Pierre Garçon is a physical, quick wide receiver. Uh, um, Jordan Reed is a quality tight end. Um, Matt Jones is a 235-pound running back with some skills. I mean, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He is a hard runner. He does put the ball on the carpet. Um, Jamison Crowder, I believe, is their slot. He's undersized. Just he's typical NFL slot wide receiver. Nothing special. Um, but they can take the top off of defense. Steelers can't be blowing coverages. Deshaun Jackson has anywhere on the field he can score from. Speed. Yeah, and they, I guess, you know, Perch, the Redskins are, are kind of putting out the word that they're looking to be a, a, a pass-heavy team with a fast tempo. They're, they're, 
their goal is to, you know, hit the sort of 60 or 65% mark for passing. You know, I've, it just depends if you're going to get the Steelers secondary of the early part of last year, or you're going to get the secondary of the late part of last year in terms of the way they were communicating. I mean, we should, should we feel like there's going to be some growing pains? Yeah, I don't think it'd be nearly as steep as last year though. I mean, the, Everybody we've got coming back for the most part that's going to play a major role is guys that were here. You know, just talking about Moats, who was kind of a first-year guy, and, and Jones, who was still getting his feet wet last year. Um, and then in the secondary, Golden's been around. He's played, you know, uh, basically a package. Now he's going to be an every-down starter. Uh, Cockrell, we picked him up off the street last year, and he basically by the end of the year became a solid starter. Now he's entrenched and he's improved. And Gay is is there and. You know, two years ago, none of us thought very highly of Mike Mitchell, and by the end of the year, we all, you know, had a pretty strong opinion of him. So we've got four or five guys that are in that secondary that are into the system, that know what they're doing. They're more confident. So I don't think we're going to have major growing pains back there. Cross your fingers, nobody gets injured, of course. Um, You know, you've got one rookie who's going to play extensively that uh, you may have some issues with, uh, with Sean Davis. Who knows if he's going to be – you know, in, in kind of that slot role, if, if he's got to cover a small shifty guy one snap and a tight end the next, I could see him having some growing pains there uh, for sure. Um, but yet, who knows, if maybe Artie Burns gets more time on the outside and they they shift William Gay. So they've got some solutions if they do run into some problems. But, you know, I don't think the secondary is great. I think they're going to be a lot more comfortable and a lot fewer mental breakdowns compared to what they had early last year. Yeah, that the, the mental breakdowns were really the biggest issue they had because once they got it sorted out, even without a lot of talent on the back end, they they down the stretch, as I'm fond of mentioning, after the Seattle game, they led the NFL in yards per attempt against, uh, as in the fewest. So you know, it's very possible that they on some you know on some level can build from that. But you know, some new people, the slot, as you said, is the, is the place where if there's going to be a problem, that's that's the place it's going to happen. Um, at any rate, um, any, anything else on the defense, FC, you want to touch on or uh, move on maybe to the other side of the matchup a little bit? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, as it comes up, we'll talk about it. You know what I mean? It's. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, I'm just Larry Timmons. Let's just talk about Timmons for one second. Um, uh, there was talk about in the, pre, you know, in the preseason about how he got beat a couple times. You know, my take on those plays was that's, those are plays where we sent five guys, or I think maybe even six on the other one. And when you put that guy in the situation, you're not expecting him to carry a wide receiver down the middle of the field. Uh, but but on the other hand, we're going to probably see more of that uh, situation where he comes off the field on third downs. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say yes, and where he's getting paid a whole lot of money this year to come off the field on third down. Um, the Steelers are going to have to find a way to cover, you know, uh, players like Jordan Reed, players like Rob Gronkowski out of the slot. Um, it's and if a linebacker can't get it done, he's going to have to come off the field. And if the linebacker comes off the field, we better figure a way to stop their run. Because teams will run the football out of three wide receiver sets. It's quite in vogue. Yeah, we like to do it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so <Yes> we, <laughs> we like to do it. They probably like to do it, too. Um, let's, let's talk about the, the, the uh, changes for the Steelers' offense a little bit. Um, so, uh, Perch, primarily here, we're looking at the loss of Martavis Bryant. That's uh, probably the biggest thing. Uh, you know, so that, that puts the Steelers in a situation where, where Eli Rogers, Sammy Coates uh, have to kind of, you know, figure out a way to contribute a little bit more. And also the loss of Heath Miller, 
at the same time, you know, you know, you know, Antonio Brown is going to do what Antonio Brown does, and you know the running backs are kind of going to do what they do. You know, it's just how how big a drop off in what the Steelers can do on offense as a whole. Do you think it'll be with these changes to start the year? I don't. I don't think we're going to miss Heath Miller nearly as much as you know everybody's trying to make it out to be. The guy averaged a little bit over eight yards a catch last year. He was a safety valve, caught the ball, took two steps, and got tackled. You know. <laughs> it's not like Jesse James can't do pretty much the same thing there. So I don't think that's a big deal. You know, the, the, the loss of the speed on the outside is, is going to be the, the bigger issue. It, it's the year Marcus Wheaton's in a contract year. The guy has been, I, I was pretty high on him when he was drafted, thought he'd be another guy like Emmanuel Sanders that can come in and, and catch you 80 balls a year for about a thousand yards. He has not done that yet. He's really got to step up and establish himself as a number two. And, I got a lot of faith in this Eli Rogers kid. His route, and I, I, I haven't talked to you guys much, but uh, I did spend three days at camp, and he was one of the – he and Stephon, too, it just really jumped off at me. Two, it was so damn dominant, everything he did in the preseason and, and drills and everything at camp. And Eli Rogers, at the crispness he runs his routes, and he's constantly getting separation. I think he's just going to be a big part of the offense this year. And uh, he may be the second best receiver on the team, and that's that's you know that's a pretty big statement. Coates, I'm not quite sure where he fits in. I think that uh, it'll be Brown and, and Wheaton as the main two with Rodgers in the slot, and they'll I think they'll, they'll have packages for Coates. I think they'll have some four wide receiver sets where Coates gets in, uh, but they still like to uh, stretch the field with DHB as well. So Hayward Bay is going to get some stats. I, I everybody's talking about Sammy Coates as this huge fantasy sleeper this year. I don't. I think he really is, to be honest. I think he's going to see some packages. He'll probably catch 20 balls this year. You know, he may have 20 balls for 20 yards per catch, but I don't think he's going to be a huge part of the offense. But uh, what they lost uh, with uh, Martavis Bryant, and I don't know that they've got a, a good replacement for that. I think it's more small ball. I think a guy like Eli Rogers is, is going to be in there and, and be the, the guy that we talk about at the end of the year. You know, thank goodness we had that guy. Well, I, I mean, I totally feel confident about Eli Rogers stepping in, especially in the slot. I just feel like on this team, when you have to worry so much about Antonio Brown and some of the other weapons, uh, that slot guy is going to get a lot of opportunities. And if you run good routes and you do what you're supposed to do, uh, you're, you're probably going to get a lot of balls like that. That I believe, right? Um, I have more doubts about Wheaton being a quality number two on the outside. And I say that because on this team, I think you really see the offense go when – the guy on the outside opposite Antonio Brown is really a threat for a vertical route. Um, you know, so that's the thing. It doesn't so far Wheaton's production hasn't been, uh, you know, he, he beats guys on routes that really threaten the safety. Um, to, to me, he's, he's been, you know, a contributor, especially last year, he had a couple of big games and does many good things, but I'm wondering if he's ultimately a guy who's suited to be, um, you know the, the vertical threat in the offense uh, alongside Antonio Brown, who's you know more of a guy who's like, the real threat of Antonio Brown is that he could do anything, can run any pattern. Um, am, I, am I FC? Am I crazy in this thought that that Wheaton is not necessarily the best complement to Brown? Um, I don't disagree. Um, but I think the Steelers are going to be on a three wide receiver packages a lot, and what I could see is Marcus Wheaton, Sammy Coates, Darius Hayward Bay. I don't want to say necessarily rotating. I actually think that uh, Sammy Coates, he isn't going to be a major 
part of the offense, but I think that he's going to see more plays than Perch does. Um, I like Eli Rogers out of the slot. And then, you know, uh, Wheaton is a good route runner. He's quick. He doesn't have necess- – he's not your classic, you know, Mike Wallace type, just take the top off the defense. But he's a good route runner. And he, though he may not be the classic complement to A.B. or what we are used to, um, I think he can make some plays, make enough plays. Um, I, I I think the, the – that production outside of Antonio Brown is it's going to be a collective type thing. I don't think that you'll look at Marcus Wheaton's stats or Hayward Bay's stats or Jimmy Coates' stats and just be blown away. But I think, you know, as you know, a trio, I think the three of them might actually put up respectable numbers and be a, a decent complement of or a, to a good complement to Antonio Brown. And in three games, we're going to get our second best wide receiver back, which is Le'Veon Bell. Right. As funny as that is, but, you know, we slid him out in the slot, and defenses don't have an answer. You, you can't you can't pull a safety, and you can't cover him with a linebacker. So, you know, the yeah, first you, three you, games, you I'm, I'm taking the Steelers season as the, the first three games without Bell, then, you know, the three games to probably game eight when we'll get back, hopefully Dupree, hopefully uh, – tight end, uh, Darius Green, um, hopefully, you know, get back San Juan Golden and still be healthy. You know, are we going to miss Martavius Bryant? Yeah. I, I think I don't think any NFL team would be happy to lose a super freak like that or could quickly pick up and have another guy to fit right in there. There's not many six foot five, two 6'5", 210-pound wide receivers with long arms and that type of quickness. It's not only that he's fast, he gets fast, fast for a tall guy. And most tall guys don't. Yep. Well, uh, you know, I just feel like it's a year where, I mean, I think I, I don't disagree with what either of you are really saying, but I feel like there's ever a year to mix and match uh, because the guys are so, you know, the difference between Wheaton, Rogers, uh, Coates, and DHB, they all, they all have some different skills uh, that might benefit you in, you know, like depending on who their matchups are and so on and so forth, just seems like uh, they all have a degree of experience and dependability that you can count on with the exception of Rodgers, who, who looks great but that hasn't had the experience. All of the other guys have something uh, where they, they have demonstrated that they, you know, might be able to give you something. And, I you don't know, just feel like, you've, especially in this early part of the year where you don't have Bell and you don't have Green, uh, that it's a good time maybe to, you know, um, mix it up a little bit spread the ball around, see what you've got. Um, well, maybe that's just my, my wishful thinking that they'll do that because it feels like that's a way to, for them to succeed. But, I, you know, they tend to be this, like they, they get in their mind who, who their guys are, what particular routes they're good at, and they kind of just do it over and over again and try to out-execute you. Um, you know, that's a mentality. It's not necessarily my mentality, but that's the way it goes for sure. Perch, um, shifting for a second to the, the, the offensive line. Um, Best offensive line Steelers have had since 2004, maybe earlier. Uh, boy, I, I can't get my – I had to see Marcus Gilbert play with this injury. <laughs> I, I can't get past that. I mean, if he's healthy, if, he, if his injury didn't happen, I would say, yeah, 2005 was the last really, really – I mean, last year was, was a pretty good offensive line. But 2005 was an outstanding offensive line. 2004 was maybe a little bit better than that. Um, 
but yeah, with Pouncey came back, and he he's looked like the old Marquise Pouncey, which is good. Um, DeCastro keeps getting better every year. Foster is still underrated and very solid. Uh, you know, Marcus Gilbert had his best season last year, but he's dealing with that arm injury, so I've got some concerns out of the elbow. Uh, and Villanueva, he was decent last year. Um, I think he'll still struggle and, and need some help with some speed guys, but he should be decent this year too. But, yeah, potential for top five offensive line for the first year in, in, a, in a long time for the Steelers. Yeah, which enables you to do a lot of different things. I mean, that's the thing. We're, we're, we were, we, were, we watched this offense with, with Ben Roethlisberger at a times where it just the offensive line was so bad that it just limited what they could do to almost nothing. Uh, and now it feels like the, you know, one of the reasons that the offense you feel like they could do almost anything is that their offensive line is so much better. Um, just, just notably better and more cohesive as a unit too. Um, you know, Villanueva, we'll see. Coming out of the gate this year, it looked like he had a little bit of a, a hiccup getting rolling, but the last uh, last couple of appearances, I thought he looked pretty good. And the Gilbert thing, I don't who knows. He, he practiced today, I guess. So, um, you know, it doesn't sound like he's if – he, if he was totally unable to practice, that would worry me more. But, you know, who knows? So this, so the thing is for right tackle uh, FC, that left elbow, you know, maybe isn't his reach elbow, but it's definitely like a, a lock elbow, right? It's the, it's the elbow you want to use to keep a guy from coming back inside. Yeah, and if he's practicing, uh, I posted, uh, there's various degrees of, uh, of elbow injuries. Um, I honestly think that if it was something major, they would have actually hired him for the eight weeks to get him completely healthy, and they would have started Ryan Harris at right tackle. So I don't think it's going to be super serious. Uh, but I have been proven wrong before, and I'm the one that pointed out uh, how devastating of an injury it could be. And uh, it's not a joke. I mean, elbow is uh, not something to play around with. No, and you're sensitive to the elbow because you had a, you had a catastrophic elbow injury, right? So, right, yeah, you know. So that's why I'm non-committal. Um, I think this offensive line has the chance to be good, maybe great. It's gonna a lot. It's gonna depend on uh, the, the the play of you know Villanueva, you know Foster. I have more concerns about those two than I really do of uh, about Marcus Gilbert. Uh, or Pouncey, who a lot of people are forgetting, is coming back from yet another injury. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Steelers' offensive line should be good. Uh, they're going to be tested a little bit by the Redskins this week. I mean, the the, the Redskins have a – I don't want to – they're – Ziggy Hood's starting for them, so they're really hard to talk up. But, you know, Chris Baker – is going to be, you know, face Villanueva is going to have big time issues getting movement on Baker in the run game. They run a three-four. They're going to line them probably up square right over Villanueva, and they're going to dare us to try to run the ball in between the tackles. Where Will Compton's a far better player than Mason Foster. Mason Foster just was has been terrible the last couple of years in the NFL. Ryan Kerrigan is a, you know, a whirling dervish. He's he can take himself out of place, you know, against the run. You know, uh, Preston Smith, who played defensive tackle at Mississippi State, is now playing, you know, 
you know, the, the, the over the tight end in uh, their three four. Uh, they actually have a weak side and strong side. I actually went and I watched uh, two of their preseason games, and uh, they're going to have some issues um, tackling. D'Angelo Hall is moved to free safety, and he may be the poorest tackling free safety I've seen in a long time. I mean, he he makes the Steelers defensive back look like just surefire tacklers. So, plays will be had. Um, we're, we're no longer a vertical passing game. Ben gets the ball out. We're quick. We're a quick passing game. We're going to force them to make tackles in space, and they're going to struggle to do it, in my opinion. Unless it's third and short. Yeah, <laughs> then we'll run the ball. <laughs> Since it's third and short, we'll throw deep, man. Come on. Third, yeah, throw for 20 yards on third and two. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, if the alternative is to throw – Five yards on third and seven, which seems to be the you know, it seems to be an either or, right? It's like you either throw short of the sticks on third down or you throw for twenty yards downfield. So this is this is the part of the you know is that sort of overthinking perch? Like it's you know well they're going to defend right around the sticks. So what we're going to look to do is to run them off and throw underneath them, or we're going to you know uh, let them all uh, cover short and we'll throw over their heads. Uh, it's it really is like an overthinking kind of thing. I agree. I don't know. Maybe it works for them. I guess it works for them. I don't know. Can't say. Um, so, so Perch, in terms of this matchup against the Redskins, um, you know, do you did the Steelers are they going to look like they did in the first uh, couple of series on both sides of the ball against New Orleans, or do you see this being more of a um, you know a slugfest or dogfight for a couple of quarters? Like, what what kind of style game do you think they have for? I think it's going to. I mean. The Redskins are kind of a poor man Steelers. They, they've got offensive talent. They're going to throw the ball a lot. They've got quick receivers, and they've got some issues on defense. I, I don't see anybody stopping anybody a whole ton of this game. got more faith in the Steelers' defense to stop the Redskins than I do on the Redskins' defense to stop the Steelers' offense. But, you know, I think that uh, who knows what happens the first quarter of the first game of the season. There may be some nerves. There may be a little bit of a slow start. But once this thing gets going, I expect it, both teams to be well into the 20s. Uh, by the time this game's over. Yeah, uh, FC, do you do you feel like uh, you agree, or where do you stand on this? Well, I I could not agree more. Um, the the I think it comes down to Kirk Cousins versus Ben Roethlisberger. I think our defense will probably make a splash play or two more. Um, we could be shocked where our front seven just kicks the shit out of them to which is a possibility, and we steamroll. I don't know. You know, um, it's the first game of the year is generally – actually, the first two or three games of the year is are generally – these are the worst podcasts because we have really no idea. You know, <laughs> some players get old real quick. Uh, you know, that's there, – there's just so much unknown going into this season from Gilbert's, you know, elbow injury to Villanueva's development to – you know, is Robert Golden going to be a decent free safety to the health of our cornerbacks? This, I mean, Martavius Bryant suspension. The, the, this offseason has been filled with more ups and downs, trials, tribulations, and, you know, going into the first season, more unknowns than we've had in a while. Probably since, maybe since 2003, you know, going into the 2004 season, which would be Ben's rookie year, you know, and uh, I'm not going to hope for a, a playoff loss, but uh, 
it seems that's pretty that good year, everything fell right for the Steelers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Max gets hurt, Ben comes in, you know, Baltimore game. We don't win that game, but we don't lose another game until AFC Championship game, I believe. So. Yeah. Yeah, Last and – if we go if we go for a touchdown on fourth and two, uh, maybe maybe we're still talking about that team as being the greatest. You know who knows? Um, with ifs and buts, were candy nuts to be a hell of a Christmas perch. Um, okay, so since uh, as FC put it, we're going to do one of our worst podcasts of the year. Actually, some would argue we do our worst <laughs> podcast. Some would argue we do our worst podcast every week of the season. Um, but uh, thing since, is you just don't know. There's not I, nuts and bolts to talk about. Yeah, I got you. We're, or you're guessing. You're guessing on last year, but last year doesn't mean anything. Everybody's zero zero, right? right? Even D'Angelo Hall right now is a potential All Pro safety. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and Jarvis Jones could get ten sacks. That's actually far more likely than D'Angelo Hall <laughs> snipping a pro. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, let's let's do this. Let's talk for a second about the NFL in general. Um, before we even talk about other games this particular week, um, are, you, are you guys with the consensus that it's, uh, you know, it's a sort of a Steelers, New England, maybe Denver in the AFC and a whole bunch of candidates in the NFC, like Seattle, Carolina, Green Bay. Um, are, we, are you guys on the same page? I'll start with you, Perch. What, what do you think the state of the, uh, who's the favorite right now in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think in the NFC, you got it, Seattle. Carolina and Green Bay, uh, I think, clearly stand out. And then the AFC, I mean, it's got to be Steelers and, and Patriots. I'm trying to find even a third team, I, I think, and I uh, might be sacrilege, but I think maybe the third best team might even be the Bengals. I, I have a hard time finding somebody out west. I think the Raiders are going to be pretty good this year, but they're too young and maybe a year away before the, you know ready, they're ready to be an actual contender. Um, the South, I think, is a mess. I, I'm not buying into the Houston hype. I don't think Indy has solved all the problems that they have. I don't think Baltimore's back and ready to be uh, an actual contender again. The rest of the AFC East is nothing after New England. So it really should be, you know, if everybody stays healthy, it should be Pittsburgh and New England and the AFC. And then the NFC's got, you know, maybe three or four good teams that, uh, that can come out. But that's of those five, I think, that I named. Green Bay, uh, Seattle, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and New England, I think. If I had to bet money, one of those five will win the Super Bowl, and probably two of those five will make it. Yeah, FC, what, what do you think? I agree with that. I would, uh, if they get healthy, uh, I don't think any team's going to want to face the Kansas City Chiefs because that defense should be could be very special. Um, I would also add into consideration in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals. I know a lot of people feel that uh, their windows close, but they have talent, you know, and I like, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of BA with, with, especially with this team. And, uh, you know, uh, they're going to have to get both the chiefs and Cardinals both have injuries heading into the season, but uh, they got, uh, they got some really, really good players on their teams from David Johnson, you know, uh, I think Michael Floyd might be one of the surprise players. He he was injured and just thought a favor with uh, with Bruce Arians and with Palmer, and he went outside. He he supposedly had 
you know, off season he met with Palmer, worked out with him, tried to get a better relationship going. And uh, Brandon Williams, Patrick Peterson at corner, Honey Badger, Kalis Campbell, Chandler Jones came over. You know, that, that, should, that could be a real nasty defense. Yeah, and uh, David Johnson, you know, sort of primed to, to be their centerpiece of their offense, really. I mean, to me, it's like really comes down to Carson Palmer. Do you believe, are you a believer that Carson Palmer can, you know, do a, make a playoff run and win a Super Bowl or not? Right. That's, that's no. your – because they have the talent, you know, except for that. I mean, that's so – so in that light, you know, look at these teams we were just talking about as contenders. I mean, is, does that mean Denver's not a contender? Because, I mean, their quarterback, quarterback play, play couldn't be much worse this year than last year. Um, but the, they also lost their best player. And I don't mean Peyton Manning. I mean Malik Jackson. That's everyone that – I mean, they lost Malik Jackson. It's, he was their best player. People will say Tlaib, okay. But Malik Jackson was actually no Trevathian as well. Also, I mean Va- right. Von, Miller, Von Miller. Von Miller might have an argument that he's their best player, sure. but I, I, but, I mean, I, 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 Von Miller was <laughs> is a phenomenal pass rusher. Malik Jackson affected both the pass and run game. Denver was dominant against the run because somehow, some way, they always managed to put Malik Jackson play side. They, it could be a weak run, and somehow they, they would shift to where Malik Jackson was the player being run at, and it just did not work for teams last year. Didn't work for the Steelers. Didn't work for Carolina. I mean, I kind of think Denver will be – their offense will be better than people think, and their defense won't be as good as last year. Just hard to duplicate that thing. I, mean, well, just I like, completely agree their defense is not going to be as good as last year, and I don't think that their offense is – I think it's a little bit overrated. I mean, I think they overpaid for Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Demarius Thomas looks slightly overpaid now, you know, with all those drop offs. Yeah. They're not getting no younger. Isn't going to be their quarterback, though, you know? It's not going to be their quarterback that's the problem. I don't I don't think. They seem to have, you know, he's a system guy. He's going to fit in well enough. They can't see him being markedly worse than what, what they ran out last year because Peyton Manning was terrible last year. Yeah, but Peyton Manning, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't have the arm. He didn't have the mobility. He still had the brain. He still knew what he was doing. He still was able to dictate dictate the pace and tempo. And this is Trevor Simeon. I mean, if we're talking about, yeah, he can take him to 9-7. and seven. He's not taking him to the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's a big difference. You can, you can win games with a guy like Trevor Simeon. You're not going to win playoff games with him, though. I, I can't see it. Yeah, that to me is the difference. You know, I, I, I concur with. Uh, I concur, doctor. Um, so I don't know. I just, you know, the um, sort of feel like it's better in a way to be under the radar at this point and overachieve. But you know, Steelers have definitely got themselves in a situation where the expectations are really high. So I don't know. I don't know how that works with this team. That to me is a little bit scary um, because they just you know very. Not very often have they come through in a year where they had sky high expectations, and even even in two thousand five, when the expectations were that they were going to be great, um, they they took a little while to come around, didn't they? Two thousand five. Oh, they it took them more than a little while, but they <laughs> peaked at the right time of the year. That's how teams win the Super Bowl, and it's uh, it's been done probably since the Ravens won theirs in two thousand. It's the team that. Not necessarily got hot, but just gelled and everything came together at the right part of the season. I can say that about both Steelers Super Bowl. I can say about New England's. I can say it about Seattle's. I can definitely say it. Uh, 
you know, um, about 2005. I mean, they they I think they won nine, ten games in a row after uh, they got beat by the Colts on Monday Night Football. Not only beat, but humiliated by the Colts on Monday Night Football. And then they just came out and just rolled teams in their path. I mean, be it bet it's against the Bears in the snow or just an uh, just ugly wins. I remember we had an unbelievably ugly win against the Detroit Lions that season. Yes, when things indeed. are going right, it seems you win the ugly <laughs> games. When things are going wrong, it seems that you manage that 421 yards of total offense, yet lose to the Houston Texans 9-3. Fair enough. All right, well, let's start with the opener. Uh, perch, uh, to Carolina at Denver. Carolina's never won in Denver. The aforementioned Trevor Simeon is starting. Denver uh, celebrating their Super Bowl victory. Um, what do you figure happens in this game? Right now, Carolina is a three-point favorite. And Carolina wins and covers by uh, give them a full touchdown above it. I think Carolina wins by ten. Wow, I'll go second. I think Carolina is going to be a bit of a disappointment this year. They they might not be they might not miss the playoffs, but I I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Um, I just that kind of a Super Bowl loss takes a lot out of a team, and they're acting like it's no big deal right now. But you know when it when it comes down to uh, that point in the game where you you, you look, things look bad and you have to believe. Uh, I wonder if they can look at that quarterback the same way that they did last year, where they just felt he was going to win every time he had the ball. And that was a real confidence rocker to me. And I, I like Denver's defense uh, to come out and explain to people why they're still in contention uh, for them to, to uh, cover and win this game, maybe by a close score. FC, what do you Well, um, it's all. <laughs> I, 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 I've thought about this. Actually, Carolina is, uh, you're right. They are a different offense than last year. And um, they're going to be, have the ground and pound element that they had last year. But they're just going to have two six foot five, 240 pound water receivers to do it with, with Kelvin Benjamin back healthy and Devin Funches. Um, I will take the Carolina Panthers to physically bludgeon the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin sucks, man. <laughs> I'm not a big Devin Bunches fan, but um, I get a good. lot of Carolina. I get a lot of Carolina Panther news, and boy, is he supposedly catching everything. And if that's true, I mean, you're gonna have Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, Greg Olson, Pegan Jr., Cam Newton, and probably Jonathan Stewart is your is your back on the field. That's a lot of offensive talent, and their offensive lines really underrated they probably have the best two guard center combination in the nfl <laughs> Turner, andy norwell and ryan khalil yeah pretty good uh, i think they're two guards in their center over any two guards in center maybe in the nfl i'm not saying any one of them's the best but i'm saying is is a three-piece and yes that means the castro pouncy that tells you how little i think of ramon foster uh <laughs> indeed although Although Ramon Foster playing pretty well at the moment, mm-hmm. um, at least right at now least he's is- playing great because it's Thursday or Wednesday evening. <laughs> but come Monday night, <laughs> we'll see if we feel the same way. All right, fair enough. Hey, just uh, some quick takes: uh, Green Bay at Jacksonville. Am I the only one that thinks that Jacksonville might uh, make a, a statement out of this game? No, I, I like the Jags this year, and you know the Jags and Raiders. I think are the two upcoming teams in the AFC. I think they're still both a year away. 
I think that the Jags cover the spread in that game, but I think they lose. I think they're going to win. They're, uh, yeah, I think the Jags cover the spread, but the Packers win by, you know, the field goal. Yeah, I tell you what, FC Jacksonville suddenly collected some players, haven't they? I mean, they've drafted well. They've drafted for talent, and, I mean, they have offensive skill. And, I mean, Green Bay can say what they want, um, but – Jordy Nelson had nothing to do with their fucking pass coverage last year. Um, I, I agree with Perch where I could see this being a 35-31 game. You know, uh, something crazy like that, 38-35 in overtime. I think the Packers will find a way to win it because Jacksonville seems to always find a way to lose these types of games. But maybe this is the year that all changes, and maybe they win 38-35. But uh, Jacksonville is a far more talented team than people think. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I think they're, they're very is a very nice addition to them, for them. Yeah, and does uh, Miles Jack play in this game? Like, how about that I story? That, that's it's. I mean, how about the Jalen Smith story too for Dallas? I mean, any you got to cheer for both those kids. Um, <laughs> I I I imagine Miles Jack will play. The, I mean, I give their GM and I give uh, their coach from Seattle. I'm trying to remember his name. It this escapes me. Oh my! God. It's not Quinn. Quinn is in Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, sure. they. Uh, oh yeah. It's, Somebody's joined the show with some music, man. Like no, I was actually looking. I just went quickly to the Jacksonville website, and they had me blocked out because I was trying to find the name of their coach. But anyway, Jacksonville's <laughs> coach has done a great job at in town. Jalen Ramsey. You look. And, and, and that's in the first round and top five pick, but you got to give him credit for finding Alan Hearns, who was a later round pick to go along with, you know, Alan Robinson, who's a second round pick. You know, they, they, they've, a, they've done a good job to the draft. Now they've had misses, but their misses, they've, you know, they've, they've shot for the moon. Gus Bradley is the guy you were trying to do. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that, that they're better, there might be a team on the rise a little bit better than, than advertised. You just don't think when you look at the matchup, Green Bay at Jacksonville, it's going to be much of a football game. I just have a feeling, especially week one, where teams don't have a lot of film on other teams, that uh, Jacksonville might be able to sneak around, stick around this game a little bit and maybe win a sort of a close, uh, low-scoring sort of a game. Um, well, Oakland and New Orleans combined for 90 points. <laughs> yes. No D. Well, I have D in it. They have D in Oakland. How many sacks will Mac have in that game? Uh, exactly. Um, hey, just, just one more. Uh, Arizona, New England, without Tom Brady. Arizona's a six-point favorite at home. Um, people six months ago were, were saying this was a guaranteed loss for New England to start their season with Tom Brady. And then uh, a little while ago, I noticed people started saying that they felt that the Patriots were, were going to be – Three and one or four and zero oh without Tom Brady. Um, this seems to be a game where I don't see the Patriots have much chance to win this game. Perch, am I missing something? No, I mean New England's all about Brady and Belichick. You take Brady out of the mix, I don't think they're going to be all that great. So I, I think uh, Arizona wins and covers the spread on that. Probably wins by ten points or so. Yeah. Uh, FC, unless you got something different to take on that game, just one last one. I was going to hit on the Giants, Dallas. Uh, this is Dallas with Dak Prescott. We didn't mention Dak Prescott, maybe the star of the, the MVP of the NFL preseason for whatever that's worth. Um, what do you make of 
of that kid. Is it for real? Or will it carry over to the regular season? Is it going to be a little different world for him uh, on Sunday? Giants' defense is brutally bad. So um, I think Dallas is going to play their normal September Super Bowl. And uh, they may actually win game one versus the Giants. That Giants defense is atrocious. I mean, I was I had on the NFL Network. I was sitting there. I had my little smiley face on. So I'm sitting there stunned, and I'm thinking, holy fuck, this is worse. Their defense is worse than this Division Two football game bullshit I was watching a half hour ago. I mean, they're just bad. I mean, and it's not only that they're bad. They're bad. They really don't seem to care. It's like where, like, they're not trying to get unblocked. They're blocked, and they're just like, okay, that's cool. Fuck it. Next play. And that, I, I, I the, 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 the Giants are supposed to be the storied franchise. Without looking it up, anybody can anybody name the New York Giants head coach? Uh, yeah, it's different. Do they have a new, do they have a new coach this year? Yeah, he did. That's my whole point. They fired Tom Coughlin, and yeah, they right. hired yeah. their offensive coordinator, who was like Eli Manning, fucking caddy. They basically Eli Manning pulled the shit that Ben was supposedly was supposedly trying to pull by getting Bruce Arians to be the head coach. They hired, I think it's like Pat McAfee or some crazy shit like that. But yeah, yeah. the New York Giants have a new head coach. They fired Tom Coughlin. I know it's shocking, and it's just I don't know what that 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 franchise is doing. I don't. I've, their organizational direction is like watching a kid on speed, just like this is all over the place. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what describes our show also. Um, but in this case, uh, our pick segment, uh, that's the end of our pick segment, brought to you by... Roger the Clown, Chico Bill Bond, uh, Akeem Tlaib's mom, and the NRA. <laughs> Al Jazeera, I think also. Al Jazeera, um, yeah. The, uh, James Harris hey. will be coming hunting our asses, so no, no Al Jazeera. So, you know, Perch, when this whole, when this whole uh, there was a rumor floated that Akeem Tlaib might be on the market and that the Steelers would be wise to think about him, so for just a second, didn't you think about Akeem Tlaib's mom and us being able to talk about her, maybe interview her on the show? Because I know I did. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's let's get to our five-star matchup because we're in it. That would be this Monday night, the first of two Monday night games on opening weekend. That would be your Pittsburgh Steelers against the Washington Redskins. They won't be wearing the throwbacks like they did the last time they played the Redskins. Uh, but uh, hopefully this will be a, a throwback to uh, the recent history of Steelers Redskins football. I think it's been a while since the Redskins beat the Steelers. Um, I want to know what's, one, I think. what's that. I think they haven't beat the Steelers since like '91. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. Uh, and 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 to be fair, they've had some good teams in that stretch. Just uh, for whatever reason, one you know one of those teams that we just have like us with the Raiders. We struggle with every time we play him, something like that. Um, so uh, I'll start with you, Perch. How do you see this matchup this week? You know, read your use, read the tea leaves, use a crystal ball. What do we expect on Monday night? As I alluded to earlier, I, I think that uh, there'll be some first week jitters. I think it might be a little slow off the first quarter. I think both teams are going to come out and decide they're just going to throw the ball early and often and, and fast up, you know, up pace, up tempo sort of a ball game. Uh, I just think the Steelers have too much firepower. Even though the game's in D.C., I'll go Steelers 30, Redskins 27. 
so uh, FC, by the way, I'm, I'm watching here on the screen broadcasting to our uh, people who are with us uh, on the live uh, conference call here, the Washington-Pittsburgh game from uh, the last time they played. And it's so long ago that I, ca I can't remember who the Steelers running back number 20 is. <laughs> was it Pegram then? I know Dwyer was twenty, I think. Wow, how funny is that? Yeah, so uh, yeah, Dwyer Dwyer is now in the goal line package here. So yeah, this tells you how long. No, ago it's not that old then. Um, it's even the 20. last. How wow, funny. I have I have no freaking idea who number twenty was. <laughs> well, let's put it this way: uh, he's a distant memory in Steelerdom. Uh, so tell us, uh, FC, what's going to happen? This week, um, I'm in agreement with Perch, which is generally a decent thing. I think the Steelers are going to win 38-28, which is like people are thinking, "Holy shit, defense is going to give up 28 points." Yeah, the defense is going to probably give up 28 points. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those touchdowns the Redskins get is on special teams or via some shenanigans or bullshit. Because well, that's just the way we rolled nowadays. But uh, I expect Ben is Ben. Um, D'Angelo Williams is – he conditions himself a different way. He's an older back. I, I can see that. But uh, he didn't look like an older back last year, and I don't think he's going to look like an older back for the first four or five games this year. And uh, that's going to be mainly where we're going to look for him to pay his dues. And I think we'll have enough of a running attack, be able to control the clock, control the ball and ease into a nice Monday night win. A, a Monday night win, that would be a nice thing. Uh, got a score for us? 38-28. 38-28. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you this. I'm looking back at the sort of the history of the Redskins uh, in last year, where they were a playoff team at 9-7, and seven, but they basically didn't beat anybody with a winning record the entire season. And I look at those games that they lost – I think the most points they scored against anybody with a winning record was 20. So I, I just don't – I don't understand where – even even if you think our defense isn't going to be that solid, uh, I don't understand where they're going to get this extra offense from all of a sudden uh, in Washington. And I have a feeling that this game must, is not going to be uh, – well, it's not going to be a situation where the Redskins are going to put up so many points that the Steelers have got to uh, come back late to win or something like that. I, they Steelers may struggle a little bit with the Redskins. Uh, uh, front just because uh, you know sometimes it takes a little while for that stuff to get going and there's no Le'Veon Bell to kind of mix things up the same way um, so maybe this isn't the you know high high scoring kind of a blowout but I think this is a game where the Redskins will struggle to make 20 um, I'll, I, out of just sheer as F FC said weirdness maybe a weirdness score of some sort or a, uh, a you know bad bounce turnover or something like that I'll give them 20 and say that the Steelers get to uh, to 27 in this game. So let's call it 27-20 Steelers, although the potential exists for this to be uh, more points for the Steelers' offense and fewer points for the Redskins. Uh, but we'll, we'll call it 27-20 to get it started this year. I finished uh, like a percentage point out of the top 10 on Steelers' fury uh, pick the point spreads, or, you know, pick the score game. Last year, I was it was eked out in the last game by a single point mistake. So, I can't afford too many weeks where I'm gonna, you know, get all like sort of 27 to 20. But this week, I'll go with it. 27-20 Steelers in Week One. Uh, final word from UFC. 
hate Monday night football games, especially to open the season. I've been looking forward to the Steelers opener. It should be Sunday at 1. I will handle Monday evening, but I'm not thrilled about it. I'm a curmudgeon. At least it's the early it's the early Monday night football game. Right. <laughs> uh but uh, so your that's your final word? Is it your curmudgeon? That's my final word. I'm going different. I'm I'm gonna be a curmudgeon all year. <laughs> it shouldn't take much play. work. Uh Perch, final word, sir. Just win no injuries. Like I said, the first eight weeks of the year it's it's about you know, winning the games you should win, get everybody back and get ready for the playoff stretch. So Let's hope they go out into Washington, no matter what happens, whatever the game looks like. Win the game, nobody get hurt, and let's uh, let's keep an eye on the goal for the end of the year. Well, I'll tell you what my final word is, is, kids, is I'm sure the draft might be like Christmas, but this is really Christmas. Come on, it's the football season. Um, it, it Nothing seems farther away than the start of the next season whenever your team loses and is done for the year. So uh, I have to say that I'm so thrilled that football season is back upon us, real football this weekend. Uh, and uh, I just just cherish it, you know. Maybe in three years there won't be any NFL, and this might be the last great stand for, for the league. You never know. Uh, I've been around long enough to know that nothing is certain, even things that uh, seem like they're certain. So enjoy, fellas. Uh, next week we'll come back. We'll, we'll have an actual game uh, and play to talk about. Uh, we might even touch on a little college football like we are want to do once in a while when we get distracted. Uh, and gentlemen, on behalf of Steel Perch FC, thank you for making the Steeler Fury podcast great. I'm your host, Brad Shotaben, saying go get them, Steelers. Take care, boys. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.